Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Opposition is a strategy that has been used throughout history to manipulate public opinion and maintain power. It involves creating a false narrative that appears to be in opposition to the establishment, but in all actuality is controlled by the same individuals or organizations in power. The purpose of controlled opposition is to give the illusion of choice and dissent while still maintaining control over the outcome. This can be seen widely in politics media, and even social movements. By controlling both sides of an issue or a movement, those in power can ensure that their agenda remains intact while also appearing to be responsive to public opinion. This tactic has been used by governments, corporations, and other powerful entities throughout history. During this episode, we will explore the different forms of controlled opposition, how it works, and its impact on society. We will also examine real-world examples of controlled opposition and discuss ways to identify and resist it. It's important for individuals to be aware of controlled opposition, question the motives behind those who claim to oppose certain ideas or movements. By understanding this tactic, we can better navigate complex social and political issues and make informed decisions about who we support and why. By better understanding this phenomenon, we can ensure that our voices are heard without being manipulated by those who seek to control us. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can submit those to any of the hosts by visiting americaoutloud.com forward slash nurses out loud. From there, you can select the name of the nurse you'd like to direct it to from our drop-down menu. We would love to hear from you. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you are able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Joining me today is Marty Waters, an investigative reporter who has spent nearly two decades exposing corruption within our government. He focuses a great deal of his attention on what is now commonly accepted as the deep state. His work can be found at IllinoisPayToPlay.com, Canada Free Press, Gateway Pundit, Big League Politics, and American Thinker. And all of these will be posted in the show notes for you. Marty, thank you for joining me this morning. Hello, Kimberly. How are you? Thanks Hello, so Kimberly. Good. Thank, thanks for having me. This, I- it, you, you're touching... You're touching on an important subject here that I think has been uh, neglected, and uh, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Now, as I mentioned in my introduction, if you've been you've been doing this work for nearly two decades, now, how did you get started? Was there a large scale event, uh, you know, that awakened you to the corruption? I know for myself, COVID really peeled my eyes wide open to everything, and that was definitely the catalyst to the work that I'm doing. Was it like that for you as well? 
Uh, yeah, basically my work was in Chicago, which if anybody knows anything about Chicago, the corruption is, is rampant. And in, in this particular case, I was privy to information that, um, that affected the whole country, uh, primarily getting into the people that were involved in, uh, the start of the Iraq war and contracts that were coming back and the involvement of, uh, Barack Obama's administration. Uh, what most people don't know with the Barack Obama administration was that they were backed uh, essentially, even though his platform was an anti-war, anti-Iraq war platform, he was really backed by the very same people that got us into the war. So you had uh, the weaponization of the U.S. Department of Justice and the FBI goes all the way back to the first administration of Barack Obama. And that's pretty and much that's what got you. That's, that's the rabbit. That's the rabbit hole that you that first got you. Kind of exactly. Of this. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. So my first. Well, right. So my first right, and now it's it, it's connected, and I went down the rabbit hole, uh, which involved things like Plain Gate and the Blagojevich scandal. If people aren't familiar with that, uh, Rod Blagojevich was the governor of mm-hmm. Illinois which was, uh, he went to prison for the attempted sale of Barack Obama's vacated Senate seat. Oh, yes, I remember that. But what, yeah, it was a national story, and that's, that's part of the controlled opposition where you get provided distractions uh, to keep people away from what's really going on. It's, it's kabuki theater. Yeah. And in the case of Rod Blagojevich, uh, the main crux of all that was basically to take everybody's attention away from the things and the, the criminality of what was going on in the Obama administration. Yeah, there's, so I feel it was like the there's Bush, so many distractions. Yeah, it, it was the Bush administration that was really protecting uh, Barack Obama in Chicago. And I was getting deep into... Um, Exposing that, which yeah. you can imagine is with the captured media was a difficult thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I spoke about the definition of controlled opposition in my intro, and I'm, but I'm inter- interested to hear your take on it. I, I feel like it does seem to be a term that can be overused a bit, in my opinion. You know, sometimes as soon as someone disagrees with a person, the reaction is typically, oh, well, they're just controlled op. And to shut it just shuts down all discussion. It feels like, you know, to me, it smells a lot like pulling out the race card or calling everyone a bigot or a homophobe if their views don't completely align. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, it it can be. But if you the, the way to really recognize what you're dealing with in controlled opposition and identifying the players is to apply common sense and human nature. So when things don't fit, when it makes absolutely no sense and they're avoiding the simple questions, because it usually boils down to the simple questions. Um, let, let me give you an example. Controlled opposition can come in a number of, uh, of different ways. You've got the weapon, uh, weaponization of the Department of Justice. When they're ignoring clear, um, obvious evidence of things and steering the direction away from that, the shiny object, so to speak, that's controlled opposition. For example, in the, in the vaccine mandate fight, they originally jumped it right to a religious exemption fight. 
because they didn't want the focus to be on the safety and the efficacy of the shots that they were insisting that people take. Shots that the fight became, you need to ask permission not to take that shot. And it became all about religion. And and that kind of controlled opposition is just a, what I call a psychological warfare. It gets people thinking that there is no other way other than claiming you're a person of faith, when in fact, you're asking permission for a human's rights that you have. Right. All of a sudden, it slipped on its head that the government has a right to insist that you put the, inject something into your body without explaining any of the uh, detrimental effects. Exactly. And that's why I I don't believe in uh, exemptions. I don't believe in medical exemptions. I don't believe in religious exemptions. I understand why people took them. Uh, but for myself, I, I feel like the more that we ask for exemptions, the more we ask, the we're, we're giving the impression that the government has this authority over, over us that they do not. A simple declination, no, I do not want to inject this experimental drug into my body is all that should ever be required. So I'm not asking for permission to not have a drug injected into my body. But I think that well, we it, need to it, understand that. Yeah, exactly. You're, the laws are already on the books. They have no right to insist that you take um, an injection and inject something in your body. I mean, think of the, how ludicrous it is that they're insisting that people have something in their body that they have no idea what's going to happen to them. At the same time, people are putting on masks because they're afraid to breathe air. Exactly. I mean, it's just ludicrous. So when you're looking at control and identifying controlled opposition, it's they need to keep you distracted because if you just apply common sense and human nature, it's all right there. I, I equate what they pulled and it's actually it's pretty brilliant how they go about this but they have the captured media and everything working in their favor but they're you you're essentially looking at a situation where you have those rights already and all you have to do is just say no it's it's the reagan just say no to drugs um scenario yeah Yeah. but they give the impression understand yeah they, they give the impression that you need to go into court and fight for the right that you already have. Yeah. They have to steer the conversation away from that, leave the impression, and it's a bit of a brainwashing, it's to leave the impression that you don't have that right. And the discussion is not going to be in even entail whether you have that right or not. It's you have to it's like proving your innocence. It's being turned on its head where it's it's reaching the point that it's not the government having to prove your guilt. You have to prove your innocence. It's similar to that. Yeah. And I think this is why I really strongly encourage and implore people to to learn the Constitution, read the Constitution, and try to gain an understanding of it because you cannot defend rights which we don't understand. So I think education on that front is imperative as well. Um, so people know what they're defending and how to defend it. Because it's simple. The rights are there. They are endowed by our Creator. We have these inalienable rights. And, but if they don't understand or know that they have them, then they cannot defend them. They cannot stand up for themselves, Um, which to me is just sad. There was never a question for me. You know, I I said no from the beginning and, and that was it. There was, I was never going to ask for an exemption or anything like that. It was no. And if whatever consequences I faced, I made my peace with that. Well, exactly. And they know, 
in controlled opposition and setting this up, but this, you know, uh, when, when they implement a plan like this and the goal is to get as many people vaccinated as possible, you can always count on that the, in controlled opposition. So let, th- this is the government trying to get everybody vaccinated. Of course, they're going to put somebody out there. I call them pipe pipers to lead you down a dead end path or to, you know, to the river to drown like a bunch of rats. You, of course, they're going to put people out there to lead the way. Um, experts, so-called experts. And to give you an example of one of the so-called experts, and this isn't recognizing people, applying common sense and human nature, you have people like Dr. Robert Malone out there telling a story about how he came to the right side of this issue. And if you look at the timeline of what happened there, uh, Dr. Robert, Robert Malone, the professed inventor of the mRNA technology or the platform that's delivering um, lipid nanoparticles into your body is telling a story of how he invented this mRNA, but he was uh, at the right time says that he has taken the shot and he's had adverse reactions. So right there, he gains a little credibility for being on the fight or the, uh, the the purported fight that he's in against his own invention. But in that story, you look for red flags to identify controlled opposition. When you hear key things like he trusted the government, he's worked in government his whole life. He's clearly stating to be an expert that he invented this technology. And yet he relied on bureaucrats in the FDA sitting in a cubicle to tell him whether it's safe to take or not. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, that doesn't, you know, right, right away, there's a red flag for me. Yeah. Is this the person I should be listening to? Exactly. And it's so hard, you know, for myself, I was pretty much thrust into this movement, right? So I think it can be difficult to navigate and certainly know who you can trust. Um, you know, but I've relied heavily on my discernment. And so far, you know, this has served me incredibly well. But I'm thankful Right, for investigative journalists like yourself and who, who've taken the time to do the deep dive because so many of us, you know, we're just laser focused on our missions and what we're trying to accomplish. It can be so overwhelming to even think about where to start digging in with all of this. So when you show up, you know, with receipts in hand, it makes it that much easier for us to navigate these. I mean, these are choppy waters we're in. And it's, it's well, right. And it, and it usually, and I identify, it usually boils down to the simplest of questions. You know, I, I'm the same um, thought as far as Dr. Robert Malone. Then you're going to see people teamed up. And these people uh, th- that are out purporting to be fighting in the forefront of this. So one of the names that we have right now that are out in the forefront telling people that they're putting on the, good, uh, the big fight and examining things are, are people like Naomi Wolf who have a past history. And, and people just accept that now that they're saying some things that they, uh, they want to hear or that are along the lines, or if they examine it and listen closely to what the people are saying, uh, for example, Naomi Wolf, if you look at her history, this is person, a person that was an advisor to Bill Clinton and Al Gore. Right. And now all of a sudden they're converts because they recognize what's wrong with this bio weapon, as I call it, that they're assisting people injecting their bodies. But the first question is, before you accept them as someone who's converted to 
protecting the rights and liberties of average Americans is you ask some other questions about, that are tough for them to answer in their background. I mean, I would love to interview Naomi uh, Wolf. She won't get on the phone with me. But I would have questions about her advising of some of the very same people that got us where we're at today. Bill Clinton and Al Gore. I would I would love to ask her questions about her knowledge of the relationship between Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein. Right. So I guess the question These are questions that she can answer. If they answer the questions, and it's not that you're saying that they couldn't truly be a convert, that they couldn't have woken up and, you know, converted to the other side. It's just that they can't seem to answer these questions. I mean, I came into the fight. I wasn't anti-vax coming in. Um, I'm, I'm leaving mm-hmm. that way. <laughs> but, you know, it was something COVID really peeled my eyes wide open. I came into this fight. I was not anti-vax coming in. But as I started to become awakened, you know, I started to realize that, um, you know, I was wrong. I was implicitly trusting these these people that were um, supposedly in charge of checking and researching and doing the um, checks on the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. And I always just implicitly trusted that they were doing their due diligence. But when I realized that they were not, I was able to admit that, admit that I was wrong to implicitly trust, to not do my own research. And I think, you know, we have to give ourselves grace, but when we know better, we are called upon to do better. That's what I'm trying to do. So you're not necessarily saying that they can't convert, but can they answer these tough questions and can they admit that they were wrong? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I mean, if the questions aren't asked, some of the biggest problems in, in situations were getting to the truth and the media being captured, and I can speak extensively about that in Chicago, I can point to it, where they have the truth in their possessions. It's the omissions that are more damaging half the time than the outright lies that they're telling in the media. You know, you're talking about something that trillions of dollars are at stake here. The idea that the pharmaceutical companies and the government that wants this to happen for everybody to be vaccinated are going to sit back and and just leave it to chance and not push people towards they want. Examples of in the beginning, you've got people you've got people like Mayor of New York City, De Blasio, putting on a ridiculous sales pitch with burgers and fries to get you to inject something into your body that you have no idea what it's going to do. Uh, when's the last time you picked up any kind of uh, medicine that didn't have three pages of a disclaimer of all the things they can do to you, but yet everybody lined up to put an injection in their arm that had a blank piece of paper not telling you anything about what you're injecting into your body? And you know what I found really interesting is that when I, as a nurse, they would tell me that I am, because I'm a nurse, that I could not give medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I couldn't give medical advice. I couldn't advise people not to take the shot. But anybody on the street could tell anybody to go get vaccinated. It didn't matter that they had no education whatsoever. And the only education nurses get on vaccines, really, the only education is safe, effective, and necessary. That's all. That's well, right. And in this particular in this particular case, you didn't even get that, and you were ostracized for even asking for it. Exactly. Now you you have the ex, yeah, you have the expert. Now I, I'm not saying people can't have an epiphany and decide the government's gone too far, but now you have people that are 
closely tied to the government in many cases. Yeah, I'm just giving you examples. I watched a, a program where Dr. Robert Malone was on and another and the other guest was, uh, uh, and in fact, I believe it was Steve Bannon's war room. Dr. Robert Malone was on and Naomi Wolf was on, and this was in, uh, before the election in 2022. And they were assigned, and this is an example of controlled opposition of how it works. They're talking about how you can't stop the the Democrats who were in power at that time uh, before the election of getting the uh, COVID vaccines, the COVID vaccine mandate, getting the COVID vaccine on the children's schedule. And they proceeded to say, we need to fight this. Essentially, we can't stop it if the Democrats want it to happen. However, what they were really doing was putting a false premise out there, and anybody that says this, I would challenge them to a debate, putting the false premise out there that once it's put on the children's schedule, that these pharmaceutical companies have total immunity, which is absolute hogwash. It's nonsense. So anybody that's out there right now, because I'm saying that, is that not true? in in your estimation, that's my, that's my understanding of it is that once that they are added to the CDC schedule, that all liability is removed from the manufacturers. Well, examine what they're saying right there. And this is what they want you to believe because they don't want the focus to be on the pharmaceutical companies because that's a full vulnerability. And there's a cooperation here and with all the lobbyists and everything, that's what they want you to believe coming out of Washington. But if you if you dissect that, they're essentially saying that fraud doesn't supersede that. If you've got fraud being committed by the pharmaceutical companies, there's nothing on the right. books that says that they're immune from committing fraud. But you'll never hear them talk about fraud. There is a person that people should know this name, and not enough people do know this name. And I'd love to see a debate between Dr. Robert Malone and... Uh, the person about the name is Karen Kingston. Yes. Karen Kingston has done some excellent work on this. Yeah, and, I'm looking forward to I'm going to have her on my show as well. So I would love, that would be an interesting debate for sure. Why do you think oh, yeah. she's talking to her? <laughs> well, it's simple because, yeah, and that's what will happen. They'll get, they'll freeze out the people that are looking at what really needs to be looked at. This is where the distraction comes in. Uh, people like Naomi Wolf or Robert Malone, you'll never, well, we'll see. I challenge them to, but you won't hear the name Karen Kingston come out of their mouth because she is examining and getting out the truth on what's really going on with the contracts and how this all came about and how it works. Because this is what she does. It would be better for her to explain what you know exactly what she does, but she's been doing this for pharmaceutical companies for years, yeah. and she's done some brilliant work. And it's boiling it down to she knows how to read these documents, et cetera, and she knows exactly what they're doing, and she'll separate uh, basically that this is a, a electromagnetic device, and this is all in uh, the pharmaceutical company's paperwork, but no one's talking about it. They're listening to the nonsense that's being laid down about the idea. And in law firms, which is a big part of the controlled opposition, you have people like uh, Aaron Siri with uh, Siri Glimstad, 
who is the champion of fighting against vaccines and and court, et cetera. But you're you're staying away from things, and he's saying things like, "Well, this is a vaccine like the others, and they have immunity." But you won't hear him talk on the subject of, "Well, what if they committed fraud?" Right away, there is no immunity. The government doesn't it doesn't, and let them claim that they do, give immunity to companies that are committing fraud. Right. It's nonsensical. But they don't want the focus to be on the pharmaceutical companies because that's a Achilles heel for them. So they're going to steer it away from that conversation. And essentially what uh, Naomi Wolf and Dr. Malone did on that particular program that I watched was the opposite of what it appeared to most people. They're basically reinforcing the idea that Pfizer and the rest of them have immunity because of some kind, they, they, they make it complicated but some laws passed years ago with the children's uh, schedule the 1986 the 1986 act you're talking about yeah yeah which nowhere in any of that can you construe the idea that if a pharmaceutical company is committing fraud that somehow they have immunity right. it's just ridiculous well, I think the whole thing is a fraud. I mean, the the entire vaccine movement at this point, like I said I, I, earlier, I don't, I didn't come in anti-vax, but I'm certainly leaving that way because I finally have done the research and done the deep dive and just looking at, you know, what they've done. And I didn't recognize it as the propaganda it was at the time, you know, but when you start to, your eyes are peeled wide open, you start to see it everywhere. So. Right. And you don't have to be a scientist to understand it. No, not at I would all. love to have a conversation with Dr. Malone and ask him the simple questions. The idea that, um, uh, you know, I'm sure he's a brilliant man, yeah. but the idea that he worked for the government all these years, he invented this platform, mRNA, which wasn't, I would like to ask him, show me the successes of it, because everything that I've learned about the mRNA platform and, and the technology that we're talking about was not successful in any of the trials that they were having on humans or animals. Okay. Let's have those discussions and why, if you're the inventor of this and you know all the problems you had uh, with the delivery system, why would you trust some FDA bureaucrats in a cubicle to tell you whether it's safe or not to put in your own body? Now, me personally, and this is my opinion, I don't believe for a minute half these people that, that claim to have taken the uh, vaccination have taken it. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of uh, fake vaccine cards out there. Um, I don't think most of the people that are talking about that they had got it and rolled their sleeve up initially. I don't. I don't believe that at all. Um, and, and I had again. I had taken vaccines in the past. I used to take my flu vaccine. I've taken you know the the three series Hep B when you get into healthcare. Now I think. When I think about it now, I started uh, having a, a multitude of auto, autoimmune conditions that came on probably within six months of that three series shot. And I really never connected the dots until recently that that is probably what it was. And I'm really now of the firm belief that we're all vaccine injured on some level. If you think about all of the chronic, well, right. you know, that we have in this country um, and the increase, especially in children, if you look at the um, ADHD is through the roof, autism rates are one in 36 children right now. Um, if you think about your food intolerances, all of these allergies that we have, we've never seen these in these numbers before. We have the most uh, 
the unhealthiest population of children we've ever had. And I'm sure that that well, right. is being in, increased in these vaccines that they're getting. It's not only in the increase of the vaccines, it's just they're putting together cocktails. It's like, how could you possibly know what this is doing to you? Right, exactly. And, and like, a, like a lot of things, yeah, like a lot of things, they're coming up with vaccines for uh, minor. I watch advertisements for, uh, I'm amazed when I watch advertisements for the pharmaceutical industry. The disclaimers are longer than, the list is longer of the possibilities of adverse reactions than the benefit of what you're taking it for. You're taking it for such minor things that, you know, your own immune system would take care of or your discomfort. It's as though we've reached a point that you can't have a runny nose anymore. You've got to take a vaccine for it. Right. Exactly. What does and that I, do? I, I will basically never, never again. <laughs> never. They will not come near me with as much as a TV skin test at this point. I'm done. Yeah. And that's the downside to this is there's a distrust. At the same time, there's a distrust in our government, which is not something I, you know, I look forward to that you reach the point that you can't trust any of these agencies. Now, I've been there for a long time because I've firsthand watched and experienced this. I've had experiences with the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI that you just walk out of of there going, how do they think they can get away with this? Right. One example, because we brought it up like the uh, the Blagojevich situation, um, people looked at that wrong. It, it was, you had a U.S. attorney, Patrick Fitzgerald, stood in front of a podium, and the press never asked him questions about this, that basically admitted that he blew up his own wiretap on Rod Blagojevich. What people don't realize is he did that so that they wouldn't be forced to arrest Jesse Jackson Jr., for trying to buy Barack Obama's former um, Senate seat, U.S. Senate seat. And that was out there. <laughs> yeah, that was out there in the wide, op- uh, wide open. It was, it was for everyone to see, except the narrative was directed a direction that nobody focused on that. I actually focused on it in that I became problematic for Patrick Fitzgerald's office. And part of that is what got me into that office to discuss those things. But coming out of there, it was very clear that this was someone who was backed by the Bush administration, Barack Obama. The corruption is so much deeper than than many of us see or know. And we'll delve into that a little bit more after the break. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. 
Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. Let's jump right back in. If you're just joining us, we've been talking with investigative journalist Marty Waters. Marty, thank you again for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we've been having an interesting conversation about identifying controlled opposition because um, that is something that... You know, unfortunately, we we can't be so naive to think that they would not infiltrate this movement, right? Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's automatic. Whenever you read something at this level that's so important, you can count on it, yeah. and you need to look for it. And and one of the places that they infiltrate is in your uh, in legal representation because that's being reported on in the fights that they're fighting. Um, to give an example, when you start looking at fights that if you really examine the lawsuits, you can you can tell the importance of it, even though it's being purported that it's a monumental lawsuit, et cetera. But in the end, it's being dragged out in court and it's the shiny object to watch. One of the examples is the fights going on about the mask mandate. It all sounds good. Yeah. But by the time it takes the air out of the room for the real fight, the safety and efficacy and focusing on Pfizer and these pharmaceutical companies, the things they want to distract you from, that's controlled opposition, taking you down a dead end path for something that is really meaningless. Um, It's just another form of distraction. Yeah. For example, Health, Health Freedom Defense Fund is they're acting as though one of the most important lawsuits in the country right now is a lawsuit out of LA for the school districts about mask mandates. Here's how simple it is if people boil it down to common sense and and human nature. Again, you're giving up your rights and acting as though you need to go into court and fight over those rights. And as parents, it's real simple. You you don't want your kids being tortured with wearing having to wear masks or take the vaccinations, et cetera. You don't put them in that position. What what would they do if everybody just said no and said, my kid's not showing up to a school if you make them wear this thing that makes it difficult for them to breathe all day long and and still fear 
of them breathing air. Oh, exactly. And this is being done at a time. Pardon? I was just thinking, you know, that's that's what happens. So it's not that the tyrants that that's the problem. It's the people that comply with these tyrants. That's the issue that we have, because so many if I say from the beginning, the nurses could have stood up and stopped it. Um, we could have stopped it easily if the nurses just stood up and said no. The moment that they told us that our patients could not have an advocate at their side, we should have said no. We could have stopped so much of what happened during COVID and so much of these vaccine mandates. We could have shut the entire industry down by holding the line, but so many. Well, do so. exactly. And the controlled opposition is at the same time they're doing that. They're putting the fear of God into people acting as though this is all of a sudden now an employment requisite, right. which is ridiculous. The same example that you just gave with the nurses would have been the pilots for all the airlines. Right. They know enough about the FAA regulations that every one of the pilots, although behind the scenes, there's a campaign with, with the chilling effect that they would pay a price if they were to challenge or start speaking truthfully about what they can and cannot do. Pilots all knew that we can't take experimental drugs. We can't take any kind of drugs, um, you know, that could affect us and here you want us to take a shot that is against FAA regulations. You don't want us to ask questions and you're clearly sending that message to us, the chilling effect. And they make examples out of people that stand out and say, wait a minute, this is wrong. And people just hand their rights over instead of just saying no. Now, let's say, for example, that all the pilots stuck together, all the nurses stuck together. What is the government going to do then? Are you going to have an honest conversation about they don't have the right to insist that you take these things? That's problematic for the people that are trying to uh, enforce this on you. Because all of a sudden you're shutting down hospitals, schools, uh, you know, transportation industry. And then you're having an honest debate and you're talking about what really needs to be talked about. What are you insisting that we inject into our bodies? What is it going to do to us? Instead, they could never answer that question. They're make no, and to this day, even with all the information coming out, they're basically saying this is a dangerous bioweapon. That discussion's still not happening. Yeah, I ended up signing everyone because they were telling me to get this this experimental injection. But they were, t I said, well, what do you, what is it going to, how is it going to affect me? I have multiple autoimmune conditions. Two weeks prior, they were telling us that it's not recommended. For people with autoimmune conditions and nothing changed so i asked my doctors and they all said the same thing it was very scripted they all said well we just feel like this is the only way out of this period yeah. <laughs> and, and what does that mean exactly i was like wow i, was like, oh, I fired every one of them no well right and and it's the same thing with the schools, et cetera. But once you get into the court system, it gives a hope that it's going to be set straight. Frankly, all these laws are on the books, but nobody's telling you that. Nobody's they're they're saying we're gonna we're gonna file this lawsuit. In the case of Health Freedom Defense Fund, they're they're acting as though the most important thing is winning a mask mandate lawsuit in the LA school districts. You know what? I, I contend with the things that are going on in the in these school districts with drag queen shows and everything else. I, I, I think the kids are better off not in these schools until they shape up and start getting back to what their real goal should be, educating 
children. Absolutely. No, not I, indoctrinate I, I, them. Exactly. I say this all the time. Like, we need to completely, I mean, society doesn't just need, like, a, an overhaul. But, like, we need to completely let it burn to the ground and build anew. You know, that's what I'm trying to do with the nursing and with healthcare. But we need to do that across all facets of society, including education and our financial institutions. All of it is all of it is corrupt and captured. And we have to start just building new homes. Well, right. In my in my opinion, and, and I think I could speak to this in some cases that will resonate with people. Um, it was the government that was is ruining the health industry to begin with. You know, we need to get back to where it was without all the government intervention. And just on that subject, because a lot of these things that I talk about with the controlled opposition and the weaponization of the Department of Justice, uh, people need to go back and remember, because this is planned out over years. And now you have where people are becoming wise to WEF, which is basically Agenda 2021 and 2030. Um it's it happens over the course of years and people's memories are short when i bring up the blagojevich situation what most people don't stop long enough to look at and think about and examine is when patrick Fitzgerald had that press conference of why robert blagojevich the governor of illinois was arrested for trying to sell Barack obama's senate seat a lot of people didn't focus on the fact that his premature arrest was under the claim that he couldn't let him appoint a, a U.S. senator to that seat. But in fact, that's exactly what they did. In the end, he appointed uh, Roland Burris, and we can go into discussion about all the problems with that. But the number one thing that people should have noticed is if that was the case and he was so corrupt and he was selling the Senate seat, and that's why you arrested him, why was he allowed to appoint someone to that Senate seat in Roland Burris? who was the 60th vote that put Obamacare on the books? Nobody ever asked that question. 60th vote for Obamacare, which led to a lot of other things that affected the, um, the medical community, and to this day still does. And you never go back and revisit that stuff. And in controlled opposition, when Patrick Fitzgerald came to Chicago, uh, it starts with the media portraying him as Elliot Ness. Yeah. But you have people like Robert Mueller, James Comey, who now today people are starting to realize are not the bastions of uh, truth and justice that they were portrayed in the media. But it needs to be revisited when you start going backwards and you look at all the things these people, um, namely those three, the three amigos were involved in that changed the course of history of some of the things that were sitting in experiencing today, you can lead back to the start of it. This is not something that just came along that there was a, a virus and all of a sudden we needed to rush to find something. You start going back and tracing the origins of it. Now, the reason I bring that up is there's a lawsuit right now in the Northern District of Illinois, Anderson versus United Airlines, that if you take a deep dive into that, the participants and one of the ones that's leading the uh, charge on that is uh, a pilot by the name of uh, Jim Zitlow. Well, if you look at his history, it's been in government. And he was even involved in putting together the pandemic plan and giving an instrumental in putting in place 
the emergency use authorization, which was used as a springboard for half of this, the mandate stuff that we're dealing with right now. And he has a history, has worked in the government, including um, NORAD and was uh, at Hurricane Katrina. So there's an example of, is this a person we want to be listening to? You start finding a pattern of all the people that are out front purporting to be fighting the vaccine mandates and what's happening were instrumental in getting us to the point where they were at. It can be so and I look at that to identify, you know, to identify who is in it for the right reasons, who isn't in it for the right reasons. Like I said earlier, you know, I, I was thrust into this movement and it's difficult to know who you can trust. And but I can remember thinking, you know, I you, you have all of these kind of uh, larger organizations. I'm a very small uh, 501c3, mostly self-funded. Um, you know, other than you know, little donations that we we get. Most of our donations are under a hundred dollars. Um, but you would think like that there would be these people that we meet that are so, you know, they claim to be very like-minded. They claim to support us, but they could do the simplest things like even just media that you think are like-minded that you could really elevate our message that really just didn't seem interested at all in what we were doing. And I thought that was very Well, simple. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and the opposite happens. What, what happens is somebody that's trying to break through with the truth has them working against them. Yeah. And there's going to be, there's going to be some information coming out real shortly here as it, as it unfolds of examples of that. So you have, if you have a group that's getting the truth out, it's the old saying is you get a lot of flack when you're over the target. Yeah. And the media will put, will put and advance uh, people because the media is captured to a level that I can speak to it, you know, firsthand examples of the media in Chicago and, and around the nation where if you went and, and dropped the, slam dunk evidence of smoking gun right under your desk, you become the problem. You're walking into the lion's den in most cases. So when you see the mainstream media, even beyond that, and, and this, the controlled opposition is with within the media that is purporting to fight the vaccine mandates, you'll see within there them promoting the, what I call controlled opposition, the people putting out a, a little bit of truth for credibility mixed in with steering you away from where you should be looking. Like I talked about with Robert, uh, Dr. Robert Malone and people like Naomi Wolf. Yeah. And it's, it's clever. It's very subtle. You're purporting to be fighting against it being put on the children's vaccination schedule because that's a good fight. You don't want the pharmaceutical companies to have immunity but it's a false premise to begin with because getting put on the uh, children's vaccination schedule does not give them immunity from committing fraud, which is exactly what's happened here. Right. But it's, it's confusing for them, people. Right? Is anybody going to go after them for this, for the fraud? Well, it's not going to be people that are purporting to be going after them at the same time that they're claiming that they have immunity. And that's what you're hearing from some of the champions when you hear people like Aaron Siri saying, well, they got immunity and it's because of this law that they passed in 86 and everything. That's to complicate the issue. It's real simple. And I would ask Aaron Siri if you'd get on the phone with me, which you won't. Real simple. Do they have immunity if they, if 
if you show that they committed fraud. You don't hear people talking about, except I take that back. You hear people like Karen Kingston talking about it. Well, that's of true. course they you don't know, want. That's going to gonna change my messaging. You bring about a good point, so that is going to change my messaging because that is in my messaging about the CDC schedule. Um, you know, the the manufacturers gaining immunity from that um, once it's on there. So, but it, that will change my messaging. So, thank you for that for pointing that out um, because we do want to make sure. Well, that yeah, it, information. You know. Yeah, and these are the, the important discussions that need to be had. I, I know it's like, I'm not, I, I don't want to feel as though I, I'm pointing the finger at people saying, you, you're getting this wrong. What what I want to do is get the message out there is like, you need to look at it differently. The, the, the goal of controlled opposition is to turn it on its head. Prove, you know, proving your innocence instead of them having to prove your guilt. And essentially that's what you're dealing with here. They're laying the groundwork that that just you're constantly bombarded with the idea that they have immunity. We put up the good fight. We tried to stop them from having an immunity when the whole idea that Pfizer and these pharmaceutical companies have immunity when it comes to the liability of their products is ridiculous when you look at it from the standpoint of all the things that they did wrong. Now, someone like Karen Kingston is pointing this out. So she's not going to be welcome on all these programs to point out what they're trying to keep people from learning. Right. And, and we need to start say, promoting. Yeah. yeah. We need to start promoting the people that are trying to break through and get the truth to the public. And they're going to run into a great deal of resistance. There's your controlled opposition, the people that are resisting having the debate. And I do say in my, you know, when I talk about that messaging about them having immunity, I, uh, you know, really pivot to having them demand that we demand that they remove the liability protections because informed consent never existed. So that is fraud because informed consent could not possibly exist if any doctor, nurse, medical professional who used the word safe and effective, in my opinion, should be stripped of their licensure. I believe that they should be brought up on charges because there would be absolutely no way that we could know that we didn't have any long-term safety data. And that short-term data that right. we've seen was alarming, right? So anybody that used that, and that's exactly why I resigned my position, because I refused. They wanted me to recommend vaccination for everyone, including children, but they wanted me to, as in addition to that, to call it safe and effective, and I refused to do it because we would have no way of knowing. And that's a lie. Well, right. right. And and beyond not having informed consent, there was coercion. Like in your case, you're you're feeling a hostile work environment yeah. because you won't spread the false narrative. Yeah, exactly. And I couldn't believe and, how many nurses just went along with it. Well, because what they're holding over your head is that's that's your ability to make a living and to support your family. You know, and I, I and get that was that. done through a. I yeah. Oh no, I. <laughs> you're right. In the end, you're supporting your own demise. Right. Exactly. Because and you're it's setting a precedent. Yeah, you're setting a precedent. If you want to give control over your ability to go out and make a living to people that would put something like this in place and insist that you give up your freedom and liberty. How long is that going to last before you're put in that position again? And it's basically sit down and shut up or we're going to make you pay a price. Well, 
when you hand somebody that kind of power, do you think they're really that that's something that's going to be used once? Right, right. This is or just, do you I think, believe this is just I mean, dress rehearsal for what's to come, honestly. Right. And, and you have uh, now hopefully the resistance is there, but you have a, a, a society that people are being lulled into the idea that you need to ask permission for everything. All of a sudden, you don't have human rights. You can ask for it. And that's where when you watch things like Ted Cruz, when he was uh, they describe it as grilling and lambasting Scott Kirby at the Senate Commerce Committee hearing, uh, it was laughable. It was it was embarrassing. It was so bad. It it, it was essentially um, we're not going to talk about anything but your dislike for people of faith. When in fact, all they should have been talking about is the safety and efficacy and the VAERS report and the fact that um, this is against FAA regulations. Why is it that the FAA can just turn a blind eye and the unions that were representing the pilots uh, didn't do their job and et cetera, et cetera? At the same time that you're sending, as as our government, is handing over billions of dollars to United Airlines, basically uh, forming a partnership. So it's not the free market anymore when the government is is buying up half their uh, market capital market and is partnering with a um, a private corporation. There is no separation between corporations and government when stuff like that's going on, but nobody's discussing it. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's not it's not widely discussed, and there's no real debate on that. Exactly, and then we really need to remain vigilant and stay focused on you know the goal because on, there's so many diversions, distractions that are coming down the pike. I feel like people think that this is all too complex, and that they don't. They just kind of keep their head down and keep going, and that's how exactly. This continues over and over again in our society, and it's going, it's going to take, you know, every one of us who are willing to stand up, to stand up and keep on standing up and keep on coming to the fight to um, to try to combat this. Right. That's what really scared them. If, and, and part of that in recognizing everything is boiling it down to the simplest. The, the, the goal of uh, controlled opposition in the government and, and the corporations that are doing this is to it make you feel like it's overwhelming and that it's complicated, but you boil it down to the simplest. It, what what happened and when did it happen where all of a sudden the government can tell you what you can put into your body? And if, if you stay to the, um, stay focused on the in, initial points and don't get distracted running off chasing things that if you look at it from a common sense standpoint are gonna end up being meaningless. You're going to chase around lawsuits and you, you know, and it all sounds good. We're fighting so that your kids don't need to wear masks in school. It's like, you know what? I, for me, that fight's over in a day. I pull my kids from that school. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really that simple. What do you got to say to me now? Yeah. I find other arrangements. I'm, That's interesting because like with my organization, I never got into that, like got into like, wanting to bring lawsuits and that because I, I felt like it was kind of a waste of time. Um, I felt like it was a waste. It's like they're just sucking your resources. And I certainly didn't have well, the it, resources to do it. And I didn't think it would come out my way. And I don't think it's necessary because we just all need to stand up and say no more. Right. People need to remember when you walk into a courtroom, you're walking into a government exactly. building. 
And, and if you think they don't have control there, that's a longer conversation. But the games that are played and just how lawsuits are brought, I mean, some of the lawsuits are brought to lose and set precedent because we have a convoluted system now that looks to precedent and little by little, you're bastardizing the whole judicial system because they're a bad decision that's used as precedent just exacerbates the problem and gets farther and farther away from the uh, Constitution. Exactly. And that's difficult for people to understand because they walk into a courtroom and they think it's about truth and justice, and there's far more going on there than that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think there's a, a million things we could dig into and we could probably talk for hours, but um, so I'm definitely going to have to have you back on because I think that there's so much more that we can delve into. But Marty Waters, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Kimberly. You keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And that's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. And again, you can find me here every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern as I hand off the baton to Nurse Michelle. We are in a war for the truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time and